Say it. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. And if I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is so simple, I know you can get it. It is so simple, you can be seated. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to uh, the book of John in uh, chapter 10. We're going to be reading there, but just to uh, share with you. Do we have visitors tonight? Anybody with us for the very first time? Uh, we have been sharing <clears throat> a series on the authority of the believer, talking about God's original plan, what the source for power was that he gave us, the importance of our confession. And tonight we're going to be talking about your continual battle. And I'm not going to go through and follow that outline line by line, precept by precept. You're sharp enough to do that yourself. But I do want to paraphrase the entire, I believe, will of God for the humankind. And that was that he wanted to fellowship with us. He wanted to put us in charge on this earth. And so he created man in the garden. And we talked about that, Genesis 126. And the man would have dominion, power, authority over everything on the face of the earth. It says anything that moves, anything that creeps. We have power, authority, and dominion over that. And then he instructed man how to do it. That everything that man would think, he would be able to do. Everything that man would say, he would be able to bring it and birth it forth because man would be just like God. But then he gave man one instruction. Turn to your neighbor and say, can you remember one instruction? kind of like the husband, you know, take the trash out. I, my, my wife, when we first got married, I, I always thought this was kind of funny. My wife said, I don't do trash. And it's like, okay, of all of the things in the world to be concerned about, that really wasn't one of them. But you know what? She's lived up to her word. <laughs> she does not do trash. If I don't take the trash out, she, we stayed with her, my, her mom and dad. John's up in heaven now, but for a few months when we came back to start the church and we were, had different assignments. Mine was to cut the grass and all that kind of stuff. And she told her dad, she said, Daddy, I don't do trash. And I remember the way he looked at her, but she didn't take the trash out there either. But all of us can remember one thing. Tell that person next to you, I can remember one thing. And so what did God say? Don't partake of something that's going to give you information you don't need. Now, some of you are going to sit there and think, I don't remember reading that in the Bible. That's exactly what it said. Don't partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because then you're going to know and be able to have a will toward evil. But if you don't do that, you can't do what you don't know to do. So then what did man do? Well, he lived up to the word. That's, that's the chance for my wife to respond. No, man and woman in the garden, Eve decided to talk to the devil. Now, this is not a question of man versus female. I mean, man, yeah, man versus female, or who was right or who was wrong. Eve talked to the devil and entertained thoughts of the devil. Turn to your neighbor say, don't entertain those thoughts. Then she brought them along to Adam. Now, I know my wife will always say, Adam should have guarded the garden. If he guarded the garden, the serpent wouldn't have been there. That's true. So Adam was asleep on duty. Eve shouldn't have been talking to the devil. And Adam listened to Eve, and Eve listened to the devil. Can you see where we're going? 
Everybody listening to somebody instead of listening to God. Let me see the hands of all the people you have listened to people besides God and got into a whole lot of trouble. And that is still our problem today. Listening to the voices in the world, listening to the voices of people, listening to the voices of in-laws, outlaws, brothers, sisters, all sorts of stuff. And the voice of the Lord is what we were always supposed to follow. So God then had to send Jesus and sacrifice his son. Thank God for Good Friday when he went to the cross, but thank God for Resurrection Sunday. Can you say amen to that? When he came up and defeated the works of the powers, principalities, and the devil and restored everything back to mankind that was God's intention in the garden. And it was basically this. If you'll do what the Holy Spirit shows you to do from this moment forward, the power and the authority and the dominion will be restored to you, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and you will do exactly what my Father tells you to do, and every blessing of God will come upon you and overtake you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, so good so far. But if all of this was that simple, and that's the way it worked, and that's the way it's supposed to work, have you ever asked yourself, what in the heck happened? I mean, if we're in power and authority and dominion, what has happened? How can a nation like America have 60 million abortions? How can the nation of America recognize gay marriage as a right for people to have and a legal right? And then we can go on and on and on and on. What happened? I think we're listening to some strange rangers. Have you ever heard that terminology? What is right or who should condemn or whatever? It's only and everything that we do should be based on what? The Word of God. That is the way God established it in the beginning. He has still established it that way. And next week, we're going to talk about what is the most important thing you as a believer must do. Because if you don't put all of these parts together, I hope you get this right. You're going to think that your answer is prayer. Is prayer important? Yes. If prayer was the only attribute that was needed, wouldn't we already have everything we have need of? Somewhere along the line, there has to be self-control, self-discipline, and people doing what they don't really feel like doing. Getting a little quiet in here right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you right now. I'll be okay as soon as I don't feel like doing what I'm doing. No, you'll never be okay. Because your flesh will never leave you. You have your flesh with you from now until Jesus returns. There are areas in my life where I have temptation. Can I see the hands of all the people where you have temptation? If you don't, raise your hand. I'm going to point you out for everybody else to make fun of you. We all have temptation. We all have areas like that. I have no temptation for drugs. No temptation whatsoever. You know why I don't have any temptation in that area? Never did drugs. Never did marijuana, never did drugs, probably only because I never had a chance because I did most everything else. But when it comes to alcohol, <laughs> when it comes to alcohol, I could understand that. I, could, I still have a temptation to drink a good cold Coors sometimes. Don't you ever do that, Jason, by the way. You, you, you get to the point when you are tempted in areas where you've already fallen. You know what I'm talking about. Tell your neighbor, I know what he's talking about. 
So what we have to do is understand that one of the fruits of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about this in detail next week, is, is self-control. Matter of fact, it's the last one that's listed, self-control. You have self-control. Not your flesh. You, oh, you have self-control over your flesh. But, I mean, your flesh will never get in line with what you want to do. Your flesh will always want to do something. How many of you realize your flesh wants to eat the wrong thing? How many of you realize your flesh wants to take you the wrong way? My flesh today, if I saw a cold Coors beer, I can guarantee you I know what that would taste like. And I remember the time when the lady told me when I said that God uh, 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 told me to stop drinking beer right after I got saved. I used, right after I got saved, I would pop up a bowl of popcorn. I'd have a six-pack of Coors beer. I drank Coors beer before I got saved. I drink Coors beer after I got saved. And I would read the Bible, and I would eat my popcorn, and I would drink my beer until the pages got a little blurry. And then I wouldn't read too much longer. And finally, one day, God said to me, I want you to stop drinking. Now, somebody asked me, should, if I'm a Christian, should I stop drinking? Well, if God tells you to stop drinking, you better do whatever he tells you. If he tells you to stop smoking, stop smoking. If you're doing something you know God doesn't want you to do, it's really a no-brainer. Turn to your neighbor and say, some of these things are no-brainers. If God tells you what to do, he's doing it because he loves you. And so I, I shared that one time in a, in a church service. I think it was out of victory, but it might have been here. But I shared that in the church service. And after the, I told him that I, I stopped drinking then. So after the service, this lady came up to me and she said, oh, oh I, I, I bet you're so glad you got delivered from drinking that awful tasting stuff. And I said, oh, honey, I never thought it was awful tasting. <laughs> you know, the reason I quit was because God told me I enjoyed the taste of a good cold beer. Now, we've got to get to the point when our flesh is not going to dictate to us, but we're going to submit ourselves to the Word of God and the will of God. Now, in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that the thief, the devil, comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. How does he do that? He does that in areas of your life where you have a familiarity. Uh, if you're a people pleaser, you have a familiarity that you've got to please people all the time. If you're somebody that has succumbed to uh, drugs or alcohol, he's always trying to torment you in that area. If you suffer from rejection, he's always going to have somebody rejecting you. Can I see the hands of the people who so far you know exactly what I'm talking about? It comes in that area of your life and it just hits at you and hits at you and hits at you. Yep, Pam shared a great message Sunday on even, even in the family things that can happen and get all upset and all these kind of things because it's something that you've already experienced. But it said, the Word of God, everybody say the Word of God. We should be Word people. Everything we do is based on what we say, and everything we say is based on what we think, and everything we think is based on the Word of God. And the Word of God says, I don't have a spirit of fear, so therefore I don't have a spirit of fear. I have power, love, and a sound mind, so therefore nothing contrary to that can enter my body unless I allow it, because God gave me power, authority, and dominion over my body. You do not have it over other people. You'd like to have it. You can pray for other people, but you have no power, no authority, and no dominion to change anybody other than through prayer and through the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. But when somebody sets their heart against the things of God, there is nothing you can do but pray for them, love them, and stand the gap for them. Can you say amen? amen. But you have total authority and power and dominion over your entire body to have self-control and always do what the Word of God tells you to do and think that. Now, the Word says that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come so that you would have life and life 
more abundantly. What does that mean? Look up here on the definition. I think you have it right in front of you. The definition of abundantly. Did we get that, Megan? This is so powerful. Super abundant uh, above, and maybe we don't have it up there on the screen. You should have it in front of you. Do you have it in front of you? Abundance. Paresis in the Greek, because we're going to look at a, a couple of Greek words here. Superabundance, excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. Do we already have that? Yes. Why do we have it? These are not trick questions. Why do we have it? Because Jesus said so. Everybody say that. Jesus said so. But say it like you mean it. Molly is seven years old. Yes. Molly, I, we, she's been with us all week long. I can talk to Molly in a very sweet, casual voice and get run over all day long. Or I could say, Molly, that is not going to work, and she will do what I say. But most of the time, she is in charge. Because I asked her the other day, I said to her, I said, I said who's in charge at your house? She said, my mom. And I said, uh, is it easy to get things from your dad? <laughs> I can get anything I want from him. <laughs> I said, how about your mom? said, no, <laughs> she is tough. I said, oh, really? I am thinking I'm the tough guy. I really am. I'm thinking that because I'll say, no, Molly, that we're not going to do that. It doesn't happen that often, but every once in a while, I just got to tell her who's boss. Doesn't do any good, but I tell her. <laughs> I said, who's in charge of our house? She said, I am, meaning her. Because now she's living with, she said, I am. I said, oh, really? I said, uh, Am I easy for you to, to get things from? She said, you're really easy. <laughs> I was expecting her to say, no, you're really tough, Pop. But anyway, but, but what happens is we have to declare what we know is true. Do you have abundance for every area of your life? Yes. Why? Because the Word says so. Turn to your neighbor and say, what does the Word say? We spend most of our time describing our problems instead of talking about what we have. What do I have? I have abundance. It's overflowing. Now, the world will look at you like you're crazy. Let the weak say, I am. Let the poor say, I am. So so you you declare health in your body even when the doctor gives you a bad report. I I had a cardiologist tell me, I was speaking uh, when I was in a hospital the first time, and I had two stents, and and she, well, I hadn't had them yet, but but she was talking to me, and she said, uh, uh, she said, you have some blockage and you're going to need two stents. And I said, well, is there anything else that I could have? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, I have some other ailment that's not that serious. She said, well, could have something to do with your esophagus. And I said, I'll take that. And she said, she said that's not exactly the way I work. it works. And then she said, Mr. Meckler, denial is not just a river in Egypt. I knew what she was talking about. Folks, the world will think you're crazy if you live the word of God. Because you're going to be happy all the time. You're going to be joyful all the time. You're going to be speaking things that are not as if they were, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. And you're going to be a walking, talking encyclopedia of the Word of God, not what you saw on television. Turn to your neighbor say, he may be preaching to you now. What's John chapter 10, verse 10? I don't know, but I know who's leading an idol. Uh-huh. Ooh, no, no. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with watching television as long as the Word of God takes first place. But I'll bet you that there is a fight for your time in meditating and reading the Word of God. 
and you've got to be careful. Now, the devil is walking about. What, what we're going to see uh, in just a few moments is a, is a video. And I'm not going to read all these scriptures because you've got them in front of you. But this is what I picture. I picture, and I know the Word of God says that when we're born again, the power of the Holy Spirit that, that gives us that rebirth and our spirit man comes alive, that, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. So the Holy Spirit lives within us, not behind us. But this is the way it seems to work in my life. I, I don't know about you, but in my life, it's as if God is behind me not really going in front of me, and he's talking to me like telling me what to do. Go left, go right, go right. How many of you feel and know what I'm talking about so far? In other words, you're getting these instructions, but you're not positive it's God, but you're learning to hear the voice of God. You're learning to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I know it. we follow the leading, so the Holy Spirit goes ahead of us. But it's almost as if he's back here ready to defend me and take care of me, but I'm taking the step out into the uncharted water. Does that make sense? Like when he said to us years ago, uh, I, I just I, I was new in the in the things of God, and and somebody said you need to get a prayer journal and you need to write down what God said and pray in the Spirit and pray with your understanding. And I was trying, and, and I'd pray, and all I would hear is go to Tulsa, you find a meaning of your life. Go to Tulsa, you find a meaning of your life. That's all I ever heard. I didn't hear anything about and here's how I'll pay for it, or here's how I'll support you, any of this other than just the Word of God and the things that I was learning. So we finally made that step to go, and it was as if I was going all by myself, even though I felt like God was with me. Does, that, does it make sense what I'm saying? I'm going to see this video in just a few moments here. But see, we have been made complete in Jesus. He is in us. He is speaking to us. For me, it seems like he's speaking in my ear. Not, of, not audible. Has anybody ever heard the audible voice of God here? Have you heard an inner thought yes. that, that you would call that, that? That thing is like, I think this is God. You know how you know for sure it's God? You do it, and you're successful. That was God. Turn to your neighbor and say, real easy. Real easy. <laughs> and when you do it and you fail, you can pretty much guarantee that was not God. Because if God's in it, and you're doing what God said, you're going to be successful because you have power, authority, and dominion. Will the devil resist you? Yes. How many of you would love for the devil to leave you alone? You've just wasted your time by lifting your hand. Because the devil is never going to leave you alone. He knows you are born again. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's always coming to attack you. And he's walking about like this roaring lion, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And he's walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. And he's trying to get in your mind to compromise you from the word of God, which is the power of God, just like he did with Eve. Eve, did God really say Eve was not to be talking with the devil, she should have commanded the devil. Adam should have commanded the devil because God said, I give you power and authority over every creeping thing on the face of this earth. Do we have power, authority, and dominion reestablished in our life? Yes. Through the power of God working within us, you are no match for the devil. God in you 
is powerful over the devil because the devil is afraid of God. Tell your neighbor, the devil is afraid of God. And turn back to him. He should say, he's not afraid of you. You separate yourself from God, he's going to annihilate you. How many of you know Christians that are in the ditch today, bleeding, hurting, some of them even died and going on to be with the Lord, that have, have, have walked the walk and then let go of the walk and they've lost it all? I see it time and time again. And, and, and I get frustrated. I love people, but I get frustrated sometimes when I see people who knew the truth and walk away from the truth. I had a friend of mine years back, and, and he's still around, but, but uh, he... he uh, he, he had a church that exploded, tremendous church that exploded, people following him and all, and he ends up in an affair with somebody. Okay, he ends up in an affair with somebody because he compromised the Word of God. Now, how can a man of God compromise the Word of God to do something like that and lose everything that God has, has called him to do because he disassociated himself from the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he said, I think I'm going to follow after my flesh. Now, I know that he didn't go through that thought process, but that is exactly what happened, and that is exactly what happens with you and I when the devil comes. Now, if the devil knows that you're serious, you have the power, authority, and dominion. Tell your neighbor, I have power. I have authority. I have dominion. How many of you know it's good to raise your voice sometimes, even to yourself? Not to yell, not to scream, not to... No, 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 no. People know when you mean it. Lori wrote Pam a letter years ago. She said, she did something wrong. She said, don't tell Bill... We had just gotten married. She was about four years old, three years old. She said, about six, okay. Don't tell Bill. I, I found the letter one time we were moving. I thought, oh, goodness, I didn't want it to be like that. She said, don't tell Bill what I did because it scares me when he grits his teeth. <laughs> Is that what she said, scares me? Well, I don't want to scare anybody, but I don't mind using authority. I don't mind telling somebody what you're doing is wrong. If you want to keep doing it, you go right ahead and do it. But what you're doing is compromising the Word of God. We need people to stand up and say, this is the right way. Walk ye in it. Don't keep doing what you're doing or you're going to walk away from the things of God. Now, James chapter 4, verse 7 is the scripture that I think is so powerful. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, the, the important part of that scripture is not just resist the devil and he will flee. A lot of people are trying to resist the devil. They are out of the will of God and the devil does not have to flee. The devil is hanging out with you. The devil was hanging out with Eve and he could have been told to flee. The devil was hanging out with Adam and he, told him been, he could have been told to flee. But he didn't because they dialogued with him and they started doing what he said and they compromised their authority and they ended up giving it to the devil. That's what happened. Submit to God. Let's all say, submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Submitting to God is doing what God told you to do. And we're going to have, I've done this from time to time, I'm going to do it again here. How many of you know that there are things, how many of you know that you should do whatever God tells you to do? 
Go see your hands. No, lift them real high. Now look around at everybody here. Okay, got all the hands raised. How many of you know there are things that God has shown you to do that you're just not doing? Can you raise your hands? And can everybody look around at all the hands are raised? Okay. Now, would God tell you to do something that's going to hurt you? Real emphatic. Would he tell you something to do that's going to hurt you? Would he tell you something to do that's going to bless you? And put you in position for more blessings? So therefore, he knows what he's doing. Tell your neighbor, God knows more than you do. So therefore, when he tells us something to do, we shouldn't think about it. We should, once we know it's from him, we should what? But what if we have to suffer in doing it? You know what we have done in this nation and in this world? We think suffering is bad. We think buffeting the flesh is bad. We think disciplining people and telling them what to do is bad. We think strict obedience is bad. We've taken it out of the schools. We've taken it out of the colleges. We've taken it out of uh, 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 parents' control to be able to discipline their children. And we said, you know what? We just all need to be friends here. We just all need to be buddy buddies. I was going to bring in a Marine Corps uh, training camp film that Bill Winston uses up in his church. Uh, It's uh, how they indoctrinate Marines. Other branches of the service, I'm sure, is the same way. This is the only one I'm familiar with. But uh, it's it's really exciting, and he uses it for his leadership up there and lets them know that if you don't want to submit to authority and be obedient to what God has called you to do and what I've told you to do, you won't fit in here. People don't like to be told what to do. How many of you like to be told what to do? Not not anybody. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> when you were talking about people wanting to get married, Bill O'Brien and I were sitting here. <laughs> you said we're going to train them. On, on, well, we're going to talk about marriage. Yeah, talk about marriage. And, and, and for those that want to get married. And Bill and I turned to each other and said, talk them out of it. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway what, 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 what happens is, what? That's why he's not teaching the class. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have, when Pam, and I meet with, when Pam and I meet with people, if any of you are going to get married and want me to do it, you're, not, you're going to know the right answer now. But, but we'll, we'll say, one of the things I always say is, why are you marrying this person? And usually the girl will go first and she'll say, oh, I just love him. He's just the sweetest, most wonderful thing. And I say, okay, and why are you marrying Oh, she's just, I said, well, you both failed my test. Uh, so what's your test? I didn't know it was a test. And I said, yeah, the test. There's only one reason you should get married. God said. God said, marry this person. God said, marry this person. Then when they're not the sweetest, most wonderful thing on the face of this earth, which will wear out after the first week or two, uh, (laughs) you can settle in to realize that this is the way it is, and this is what I did, and this is what God wanted me to have, and God understood that. Okay, that's why I'm not involved in the marriage class. Now, but if you submit to God, resist the devil, what will he do? Do you believe the word of God is true? So the devil who's harassing you, trying to get you not to do what you're doing, if you would do what God told you to do, the devil would stop harassing you and have to run away. Is that correct? Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, so far it's a no-brainer. But now, when this happens and the devil leaves you, he's not gone forever. He has retreated to regroup to determine another area. 
He will always come to attack your mind and your flesh. And the mind that is weak and not enforced by the word of God will always give in to the attack. When, the, when, when Eve said, when the, devil, when the devil came and said, what did he say? Did, how did he say it? Did, did, God, did God really say, what if she had, pardon? That you will die. Yeah, did God really say that? What if Eve had picked up a rock, smashed it over the devil's head and said, yes, that's what he said. I believe the devil would have shook himself, snuck right out of that garden and said, gee, we're coming back another day. That woman is on. I, I believe that's exactly what happened. I really believe that. I believe that the devil, I, I don't understand this. Turn to your neighbor and say, he doesn't understand it. I don't understand that. But the serpent was on the earth, and God knew it. And God put man in charge and said, you're going to be in charge of the serpent. I don't understand it, but I believe that God was saying, he's going to be here, but he's going to work for you. You're going to have power, authority, and dominion over him. And whatever you tell him to do, he's going to do. That's exactly what the Word of God says. So we know that Adam had the power and the authority. And this says right here, James 4, 7, he will run away from us if we are submitted to God. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, we shared this just a moment ago. But, uh, but it said, that if, if, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Excuse me, that's James chapter 4, verse 7. Look at, this, look at what it means. To submit is to yield, to submit to spiritual authority, to resist is to withstand and to oppose, to be sober, nepho is to be watchful and of a sound mind. It doesn't just mean don't drink beer. To be watchful and of a sound mind. And vigilant means to keep away and to watch. Would you say that Adam and Eve didn't fulfill these in the garden? I think that's true. Would you say that the body of Christ today pretty much is in that same place? We talk about things, we complain about things, we talk about people, we say how bad the world is, we say what this is, we say what that is, and then we say, are you doing what God tells you to do and what he wants you to do? We say, eh, not really. Could that be part of the problem? It could definitely be part of the problem. Now, this is the key. Your continual battle with the things that God has shown you to do is between your ears, as we talked about last year. It's in your, or last week. It's in your mind. And the devil is always coming to attack your mind and to stir you up in the area of the flesh. Now, Romans 12, 1 and 2, a familiar scripture you hear a lot in this church because I believe it's a foundation for everything. <clears throat> Present your body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is only your reasonable service. In other words, it's not a big deal. Tell your neighbor, it's not a big deal to present your body. Tell them again, it's, it's not a big deal to suffer. Uh, how many of you know who T.D. Jakes is? I had never heard him in person. He was at Victory uh, one year. We were out there for Word Explosion. And, uh, and, and they were getting ready to introduce the speaker. And this guy walked up to the podium. I really thought it was one of his men to share some of his books and things like this. And, uh, and he, he started a priest. And I thought, oh, I think that's T.D. Jakes. He had lost over 120 pounds. And, uh, some, and he said, some of you may not recognize me. 
I've lost a lot of weight, and people ask me how I do it. Now, since then, it looks like he might have put it back on, but that's between him and God. But, since, but, but at that particular time, he, he said, some of you have, have asked me uh, how I lost all that weight. And he said, it's real simple. I suffered. <laughs> and then I suffered some more. And then I suffered some more. And I suffered some more. Suffering is not a bad thing if it's regarding your flesh. But if you aren't willing to do it, then you'll entertain the thought that the devil brings your way and it will become a stronghold. And strongholds embed in your mind and they short circuit everything in your body. And the stronghold that you have is something that is affecting every area of your body. And until you get rid of the stronghold, it will affect you the rest of your life. I believe, turn to your neighbor and tell him he could be wrong. I believe every person on the face of the earth has a stronghold. One that has either been dealt with and has to continually be dealt with are one that has not been dealt with and is keeping you in bondage. And you're waiting for prayer to deliver you. You're waiting for God to deliver you. You're waiting for something to happen where somebody will develop this magic formula that you'll be okay, and you are already okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're okay. You have been set free through the power of God. You've been given authority and power and dominion over every single thing in this body. You are in charge of yourself under the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that if you understand that, it goes on to say in Romans 12, that once you do that, that you'll not be conformed to the world, but you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Those are not three wills. That is one will. Those are adjectives. Good, acceptable, perfect. God's will is perfect. Tell your neighbor, God's will is perfect. God's will is perfect, and he knows it'll put you in position to be blessed so that you can accomplish his plan and his purpose for your life. All we have to do is listen to what God is telling us to do and to do it. Now, it goes on to say, not goes on to say, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it's talking about strongholds. And it's talking about how a stronghold that gets deep within you is something that will affect you and that you have to do something about it. Now, when we talked about the mind just a a moment ago, you you have in your uh, word there, in your outline, you have... uh, Isaiah 26, 3, and it says that those whose mind is focused upon the Lord will have perfect peace. I don't want to just get your hands up in the air to trick you. Every single one of you know that there are times in your life your mind is tormented and you don't have peace. You know that. The problem is not what you're facing. The problem is your focus. If your mind is focused upon the things of God, you will have perfect peace. But if your mind comes off of focusing on the things of God, you will focus on what's going wrong. Then your peace will leave you. Anxiety and torment and everything else will come in because you're looking at the wrong thing. You look at sickness and disease and and disappointment and discouragement. You know, disappointment... we all have things that disappoint us. Everybody says, it's okay to be disappointed. Okay to be disappointed. Tell your neighbor, it's okay to be disappointed. Okay to be disappointed. 
people disappoint me, I'm sure I disappoint people. Uh, that's your tr- chance to say no. I'm sorry. But, but all of us disappoint somebody, and all of us are disappointed. But if you allow disappointment to become discouragement, you got a problem because it's stealing your courage. We are to be encouraged. We can't be encouraged when we're discouraged. Deep teaching, huh? Let's all say, I cannot be encouraged when I'm discouraged. And all disappointment not dealt with will become discouragement. And that's why a lot of people are depressed. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. A lot of people are depressed today because they're focused on the wrong thing. So that's Isaiah. But now in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 is so powerful. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What do we do? Pull down strongholds. Casting down arguments. Have your, has your mind ever argued with you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Doesn't your mind argue with you? Yes. Doesn't your mind seemingly have a mind of its own? It does. Your mind does. It's like, I don't, I don't want to think this thing. Why am I thinking this thing? I, I refuse that thought. And that thought comes back again. And no big, da, da, da. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Stop talking to that thing and command that thing out. What was Molly said the other day? I think I'm for, becoming forgetful because I bang my head against the wall. Yeah, yeah. Go bang your head against the wall or something. Casting down arguments and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought. Everybody say that. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I believe that that is so powerful. Who is in charge of casting down strongholds? It's a little weak. Who is in charge of casting down strongholds? Who's in charge? So therefore, we should spend much of our time casting down stronghold. every stronghold. What is a stronghold? Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You will never amount to anything. That is a stronghold potentially in your mind. Nobody will ever like you. Who cares? <laughs> it's the root of all people pleasers. You know what? All of us want to be liked. There isn't a single one of us here, but not all of us could care less whether we're liked. You get to the point when you care less whether people like you or not, and you just pretend to be like Jesus and act like Jesus. You hear the word pretend. Pretend and act is an, it, it, uh, a mimic. Mimic is, is you go through and mimic people like mimic like that. that. That's exactly what the word is in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Be imitators of God. That word in, in the Greek is mimic. Mimic God the way Jesus followed God and how would God handle people? He would love everybody, but he wouldn't accept them the way they are as far as agreeing with what they do. They say, oh, you want to do this? You want to do that? Oh, yeah, you can go right ahead. No, no. He would tell them, what do you do with the money changers? He loved them as he turned their tables over and said, you guys are doing wrong here. He spoke the word of God and he lived the word of God. And that's where you and I have to be if we're going to walk with our authority, power, dominion. I want, I want to turn to your name and see. He's not talking to you today. 
I know very few people who walk with power, authority, and dominion continually. They go from one challenge to the next, one disappointment to the next, one problem after another to the next to the next. I know very few people that are happy all the time, up all the time, and just absolutely radiating the power of God everywhere that they go. And you say, don't they know they don't have enough money to pay their bills? They don't act like it. Don't they know that they've got sickness and disease operating in their family? They don't act like it. Don't they know that, that things aren't going the way that they should be? They don't act like it. What do they act like? They act like everything is okay. Whoa! Do you mean it's an act? No, it's not an act. It's the will of God. God speaks things that are not as if they were. And when we get to that point, the devil's going to say something wrong with these people. They are getting the word of God. Everything I do in their mind, they're casting it out. I've thrown 30,000 thoughts at them today and 30,000 thoughts went out the window. Do you know that the average person thinks, I read this in a book, I don't know if it's true or not, but it was a good source, that the average person thinks 30,000 thoughts a day. You probably heard me say that before. 30,000 thoughts a day. I am not average, I tell you that. Uh, I don't think that much, do I? (laughs) But but if you you have 30,000, whatever the number, you fill in the blank. 10,000 thoughts, 20,000 thoughts. You've got to examine every single thought. Should I be thinking this thought? Turn to your name and ask me, should you be thinking that last thought? Or better yet, how would you like for everybody to know the thoughts you're thinking? Whoa, yeah. Okay, now, this is what the Word of God says. In, uh, just we're going to speed up for time's sake here. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus finally had it with the devil. The devil was trying to tempt him. And finally, Jesus said, get the hints. Get away from me, devil. He spoke to the devil in a commanding term. Now, the word hints, it's not a word that we know, that we think about. Hints, what does hints mean? This is what the word was that, that Jesus used. Depart, go away. You are underneath and below me, an inferior position, a command word. How how many of you realize uh, that wimpy people are wimpy? <laughs> isn't, this de- isn't this deep teaching? Oh my goodness, I wish the devil would leave me alone. No, you're prime meat for the devil. <laughs> I tell you what, he's going to chew you up really good. <laughs> well, I think people will feel sorry for me. Oh, the devil's going to eat your lunch. You got you to speak. Like you have authority. Could you imagine going to a Marine Corps drill instructor and say, No, 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 no. You know when you are around people that have a command language of being confident in what they're saying. I'm saying what I mean, and I mean what I say. And I love you, but this is what the Word of God says. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, do whatever you want. I'll be here to help you, but I'm not compromising what I know is truth. And you are about to depart from the truth, and you're about to fellowship with the devil, and he will eat your lunch, and he'll eat your family in the process. That is just a fact, folks. And if we're going to walk in authority and dominion, 
Now, lest we think that it's us, and I'm going to just paraphrase here real quickly. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, read it sometimes. You'll find that Joshua learned a valuable lesson. He was never defeated after one defeated AI. That the only reason he was defeated was because he didn't have God's plan. He didn't know what God told him to do. You are complete in the devil. Are you? Gee, glory to God. Colossians 2.10, I'm talking too fast here. Colossians 2.10 says we are complete in him. Turn. To, let me read it to you. For in him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Tell your neighbor, I am complete. Years ago, uh, I ran across this movie uh, called The Bears. How many of you have ever seen the movie The Bears? Two of you. I love the movie The Bears. We're going to show a segment of it. About two years ago, I think it was, maybe longer or less, uh, Pam showed some of this in a message that she was giving. But it, it, it just to set it all up. No matter how alone you feel, God's got your back, and God is there for you. If you will line up with Him, and you've got to know who God is, and you've got to know who you are, and that God will always make the difference. Go ahead and roll that and turn the lights down. This is the devil planning to come get you tonight.
Let's all stand to our feet. Yeah, don't ever think it's you. It is the power of God in you. The devil will flee from you. He'll come again because he knows the weakness of mankind through the fall. But the victory is always ours. Maybe you're here tonight. Are there any visitors with us tonight? Let me see the hands of all the people who know Jesus. Not every hand's up. Okay. But you may be here and you may be facing a situation where you need a miracle. I don't want to take it lightly because there are times when we just feel like we have our back against the wall. I understand that. But there's always an answer. There's always an outlet. God will always come through. It may seem like the last minute for you, but it's not the last minute for God. God knows exactly where you are. I believe the number one thing that we can do is make a determination. I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to follow God and do whatever he tells me to do. 